baby. Oh, baby. We're back. September 6th. Week one starts this week. Tampa and Dallas on Thursday night football. The NFL season is back, and so am I with the Undercovered Ops season number two. This season, it's brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Go to Underdog Fantasy today. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Get $25 at deposit. Head in there. If you haven't drafted yet, you need to draft. There's only a couple days left to fill the puppy, to fill the big dog, to fill the best ball mania. And in season, if you think it was just best ball, it's not. It's not just best ball. There's pick'ems in season. You can do NFL, golf, MLB, NBA, NHL. It's all there. They just released golf, actually, this last week. NFL has, they're going to have over-unders on, on receiving yards, passing yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, all of it. Head over to Underdog today and jump in right there. But today, we're jumping back into the undercovered ops. If you were with me over the offseason, we did undercovered prospects in the spring. We did the early riser best ball in the summer. And now it's fall, and we are back with undercovered ops. And we're going to start out today with one of our favorites from last year. One of the guys that we checked in on weekly, Devin DuVernay in Baltimore. Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown returned to practice in the last four days. And they are practicing as if they're going to play. Both guys have terrible histories with hamstring injuries. Obviously, Watkins and and Brown. We don't love either guy, right? But DuVernay turns a little bit of heads. Last year, it was him versus Miles Boykin. Miles Boykin is on IR right now. Rashad Bateman's out. And like a week ago, it looked like it was going to be DuVernay. DuVernay was going to be the one. Talon Wallace, James Prochet, a very weak receiving core after it looked like it was going to be strong with Brown and Bateman and Watkins and even DuVernay as the number four. Right now, DuVernay is looking at he's going to be the number three receiver in this offense. Now, do you believe Sammy Watkins or Hollywood Brown are going to stay healthy through week one? I I wouldn't go that far. It's tough to say, but I think in this offense, Sammy Watkins and Brown are going to be the most featured. A guy to pay attention to, though, is Devin DuVernay. If either of these guys go down week one, DuVernay will step in, and I believe he is built up for a role from the jump. He's gotten the majority of number one reps over the camp because of all the injuries in this offense. He's been healthy, Prochet's been healthy, and, and Tylen Wallace has been healthy, so it's really helped these guys really advance in their training. So Devin DuVernay, I said enough last year about him, but he is going to be probably the sleeper in this Baltimore offense from the slot, outside, inside. Best comparable for me was Christian Kirk. I really love where he works in and outside of the formations. Move on to Indianapolis now. Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal, Mike Strawn, Ashton Doolin. That's your receiving core in Indianapolis week one. Tiwa Hilton, J.J. Nelson, Desmond Patman all on the IR. A couple sleepers here if you followed me during the Undercovered Prospects series. Mike Strawn, the big man out of Charleston, made the squad, dominated in the preseason. Ashton Doolin, a podfather favorite, comes in as the fifth receiver on the board. But from the starters, it's going to be Pittman, it's going to be Paris Campbell, it's going to be Zach Pascal. No surprises there. But the guy you have to you, you have to pay attention to, right? We, we want to see this Paris Campbell breakout. We've wanted to see it for a while now. Um, but the guy is Mike Strawn. Mike Strawn I beat the drum for back in February. And he dominated. He is 24 years old, which is a downfall. But if anything happens to Wentz, he is Ellinger and Eason's number one guy. 6'5", 226, 87th percentile speed score, 81st percentile catch radius. He runs a 4.59, 4.54 at his pro day. He was running four threes in his in his training. Um, but I mean, you take that for what it is. He is a three-time 200 meter champion at at Charleston University. 
at Charleston in 2018 and 2019. He had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Um, he is going to be that guy, I think, you know, Right now, it's Zach Pascal. He played in the slot last year when all those injuries were there. You think they put Pittman at the X. Maybe they move Paris Campbell opposite in the Y, or they put him in at slot. If they put Paris Campbell at slot, it would not surprise me if Strawn gets early reps at Y on the opposite side of Pittman, which is going to be Pittman and Strawn on the opposite of each other. Big dudes going down the field. Strawn's a guy in deep leagues. You need to already have him. You need to have him in your rosters. And then in more shallow leagues, just pay attention to him and be ready to add him because he's, he's a guy. And at the tight end room, we'll just dip in there right quick. It's Kylan Granson. He's overtaking Jack Doyle as we speak. And I don't think it's going to be very long before, you know, he gets more and more reps and pushes Mo Cox to being almost, you know, unplayable in fantasy. Mo Cox right now, I think he's going to be a, a great spot for touchdown dominance. But when you have Pittman and, and Strawn and guys like that out there, it's going to be tough for Mo Cox to really pay off. Um, I know he's even free, though, in, in most best balls. We had this weird loom go through uh, last week when all these cuts came down, and some surprising ones was Colin Johnson from Jacksonville. Jacksonville got rid of Colin Johnson after he had a great season last year, you know, playing with Jake Luton and, and Gardner Minshew. But it was kind of a surprise because he had a strong camp. He wasn't bad. They have Tavon Austin, Jamal Agnew on the team. Last year, Colin Johnson finished with 18 receptions on 31 targets, 272 yards, two touchdowns. It, it wasn't great, but like he was. A fifth-round pick in 2020 from Texas, turns 24 right now, and he had a couple games at the end of the year. Four for 96, 157 air yards against Cleveland, four for 66, 98 air yards against Minnesota. He finished strong, so he gets cut. Right now it's Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark, and Tyron Johnson. The first move piece in here was Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson got cut. He goes to New York. This opens up the number four spot in Jacksonville. Right now, Marvin Jones, Chenault, Chark, like I said. And then it's Jamal Agnew, Tavon Austin, yuck. They go out. The Chargers cut Tyron Johnson. And the Jacksonville Jaguars pick up Tyron Johnson, who last year, if you remember, we we were, we were touting Jalen Guyton for a few reasons. He was getting all the air yards as the season went on, and we were like, wow, dude, he's got to pay off, right? 28 receptions, 51 yards, 929 air yards last year, but he only averaged six points per game with three touchdowns. On those 28 receptions, he had 55 targets, and he just could not, he could not turn those targets into touchdowns. He could not turn those targets into catches. He had 19 deep targets. That was 25th in the NFL last year. His average target distance was 16.9. That was third in the NFL last year. But he had the number two drop rate in the NFL at 12.7%. He just could not get his hands on the ball. And so then we saw that as the season went on, Tyron Johnson started paying off. He'd make a catch. He'd be, you know, one for, one for 56 and a touchdown to finish off the game. And you're like, oh, that should have went to Guyton. That should have been Guyton's ball. That really, You know, we plugged him into DFS late last year, and we were like, this is the guy. $3,000 is stone, stone bottom. You plug him in, it's free money. Tyron Johnson makes the catch, scores a touchdown. Goes to camp this year, and all the signs are pointing to Tyron Johnson, taking this job, being that guy. If anything happens to Mike Williams, it is wheels up for Tyron Johnson. So, fast forward a couple weeks, Tyron Johnson gets cut. We at Player Profiler were shocked. We've, you know, we've been talking about Tyron Johnson behind the scenes as a guy. We're like, dude, he's 6'1", 193, 25 years old. He runs a 4'3", 6", at his pro day. He's going he's gonna to be nice. And they cut him. So now he's sitting in Jacksonville, the number four. 
But we know DJ Chark has his problems. We know, I think LaVisca Chenault is going to end up being the number one in this offense, but right now it's Marvin Jones. You're going to have him out at X. LaVisca is going to be going all over the formation. And then it's really DJ Chark versus Tyron Johnson as that deep threat guy that, you know, who is Trevor Lawrence going to attach to? Maybe they, t- maybe they brought Tyron Johnson in to take DJ Chark's spot. Tyron Johnson is going to be a sleeper, though. You need to pay attention to him, and he will be a viable guy in DFS as the season goes on. And you could definitely see him take DJ Chark's role as the season goes on because we know Chark's contract is up at the end of the season, and Jacksonville has been talking and talking about trading him for the last six months. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if Tyron Johnson takes over in that spot. I want to take a little pause right here. Thank a sponsor to the show, PR Breaker. I just signed up with them. They just signed up with us two weeks ago. Go over there, prbreaker.com. Use the code CODY10. Get you 10% off. Favorite pre-workout. My favorite is cotton candy. I have it right here. It's my go-to. Every day before my workouts, in the morning, I've been a big monster drinker, monster energy. I faded away from that. It's a little bit healthier. You know, you're not going to have as much of the erythrol and all that crap in there. But this has 5 grams of creatine, 300 milligrams of caffeine. And you just dump it in, shake it up, it's your drink of choice. I'm doing a giveaway. October 1st is going to be the giveaway. Go to Twitter, tag me at CarpentierNFL, tag PR Breaker at PR Breaker on Twitter. Take a picture of the pre-workout that you purchase, tag me, and you'll be entered into a giveaway to get a free bottle of cotton candy PR Breaker. October 1st will be the giveaway. You have between now and then to do that. So go check that out, prbreaker.com, code CODY10 for 10% off. Now, back to the teams. The Kansas City Chiefs made another big move. Cornell Powell surprised us all. You know, we didn't think it was a great pick to go in the first place to go to Kansas City in the fifth round. 23.8 years old, 4.58, 38th percentile, 40-yard dash. He has 75th percentile burst, but that's not really telling for wide receivers. Best comparable to Ola B.C. Johnson on player profiler, 6'204". He didn't break out until the senior season, so he's kind of like Kadarius Toney, 882 yards receiving as a senior at Clemson. But the years prior, 8 for 57, 5 for 63, 15 for 122, all under 13 yards per reception. Not great. Cornell Powell broke out as a senior. Nothing on this profile is beautiful. He goes to Kansas City in the fifth round, and he's beaten out. They keep five receivers on the offense. Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, and Darice Fountain. 6'1", 206, spent the last few years in Indianapolis on the practice squad, off the team, on the team, on the practice squad. He could not stick in the team. 95th percentile catch radius, 98th percentile burst, 4.51 pro day, 40-yard dash, 25.7 years old. He was a fifth-round pick in 2018. 34-inch arms, very underrated, 95th percentile and he had 36.8% college dominator at Northern Iowa, where he finished with 41 for 604 as a sophomore, 33 for 413 as a junior, 66 for 943 as a senior. Very solid. He had a fractured ankle in 2019, but he got it repaired. He's been healthy since. And, and Darius Fountain's a sleeper in this offense. This they, They've been kind of going after this one build, right? It's either the fast guy, it's Tyreek Hill, it's Miko Hardman, And then there's this other guy. It's like Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, and Darius Fountain. They all fit 
Two separate types of receivers, one fast, one more of a possession guy. That's where Darius Fountain fits in this offense. Last year we saw Byron Pringle get those opportunities late in the year, playing over Cole Hardman. We said Demarcus Robinson getting number two opportunities. I'm going to be honest with you. Hardman's probably the number two, but we've seen this offense use four wide, and right now they have five offensive receivers. So it would not surprise me one bit Fountain moves up over Pringle in that Robinson range at all. He made the team. He beat out Cornell Powell. He's a sleeper in super deep leagues that I'm adding, but I'm waiting in, in more shallow leagues, but that's a guy I'm keeping my eye on just to see how this offense works. The big thing, I think, for week one is going in. You know, you have the 18-round drafts, and you get to the end, and you're like, well, should I add this guy? Should I have two quarterbacks? Should I have two tight ends? No. The thing you do in week one is you're going to go and add these guys that maybe they've gotten a little talk in camp, maybe they haven't gotten a lot of talk in camp, but they're guys that could pop off. If they can pop off week one, we know week one, week two are the biggest waiver wire weeks of the season where it's like, oh, look at Kadre Ellison's now their RB1. He's not. Obviously, he got cut the other day. But I'm saying, those are the opportunities you're looking for as a guy that's, you're going into the season, you're expecting this thing, and this other thing happens. Maybe we're going into the season, we're expecting Miko Hardman to be the number two. Maybe it's actually Demarcus Robinson. Then he becomes very viable in that waiver wire run in week one. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I'm saying you have to look for those opportunities. You look at the Atlanta backfield. I was looking at Kadre Ellison. You're looking at Wayne Gallman. Maybe you add one of those guys because you don't know what this offense is going to do. Even Cordero Patterson. They're rolling out Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, and now Wayne Gallman. Who's to say Mike Davis is going to get 30 touches? Like that's That seems very steep to me. That might make Cordero Patterson viable in some leagues. It depends how deep you're playing. Now move on to the Las Vegas Raiders in division, the AFC West. Brian Edwards. I'm not going to talk much about Brian Edwards because we've been pounding the table at Player Profile for a while now about Brian Edwards. But he is set up to be the X, the alpha in this offense. But they do have Darren Waller, which could hamper a little bit of that. We saw John Brown asked to get cut last week. He's like, please release me. I want to go somewhere else. Please, nothing else came out other than he wants to be gone. And the one thing I point at for that, they kept Zay Jones. Zay Jones has had a tough time staying on rosters the last few years. Willie Steed came over from Baltimore. Right now, Zay Jones is sitting number four on this depth chart. It's Edwards, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, and Zay Jones. Zay Jones, if you remember right, at East Carolina, he came out as a second-round pick. He's still 26 years old. He hasn't hit the apex yet. 4.45, 80th percentile 40-yard dash, 81st percentile speed score, 84th percentile burst, 92nd percentile agility score, and 93rd percentile catch radius. His best comparable is Trey McBride, but that's not you know, very much to look into. Zay Jones in this offense could be very prolific. We saw how Nelson Aguilar was tough. He, he didn't do much for a few years, and he comes in this offense, and he just bursts out. He has the speed to get downfield. Very similar to what Zay Jones could do in 2021. This is a guy that you should be looking at in deeper leagues. When you're starting five receivers, you need a guy like this. Last year, we know Nelson Aguilar was viable in fantasy. This year, it could be Zay Jones. I'm not in on uh, Hunter Renfro. Henry Ruggs, we've yet to see really what's going to happen. But if they run three wide with a tight end, Zay Jones is going to be in this offense more often than not. You move to Minnesota, big injury comes down last week. Irv Smith out for the season with a meniscus injury. They go in, they trade for Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon's going to come in day one and be the number two. Tyler, Cron- Tyler Conklin opens up as the number one tight end going into the season, but he did deal with some t- uh, hamstring injuries through training camp. But Tyler Conklin's been in this offense for a few years now, and he is one of the coach's favorites. Now, they ran more t- two tight end set than the majority of the league last season. 
you move forward to 2021, the coaches actually said, yeah, you're going to see a lot more three wide receiver sets now. We don't have as much tight end depth as we wanted. We don't have as much tight end depth as we thought. Last year they had Rudolph and Irv Smith and Conklin and Brandon Dillon. This year they're down Irv Smith and Rudolph. It's Conklin, Brandon Dillon, Chris Herndon. Now, letting Chris Herndon ramp up, they're going to be running more three wide receiver sets. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and K.J. Osborne. Yes, I know everybody wants to go out and they want to add Amir Smith-Marset. Amir Smith-Marset is going to be just fine as the season goes on. As the years go on, he's definitely going to be the number three in this offense. They've said he's a stud. They love what they've seen. But the guy that you haven't really seen a lot about but bursted during camp was K.J. Osborne. He was that that field-stretching guy. When you're going to have Thielen Jefferson running the, the phenomenal route runners that they are, they're going to be running across the field, up, down, everywhere, behind the line of scrimmage, everything. You know, Thielen catching screens, Jefferson just doing everything he did last year with that 1,400-yard season as a rookie. K.J. Osborne is going to be the field stretcher in this offense. 4.48, 40-yard dash, 68th percentile speed score. Best comparable to the previously injured Olabisi Johnson in this offense, the guy that we all thought was going to be the number three and some people thought was going to be the number two last year before Jefferson came onto the scene. Um, but right now it's K.J. Osborne, Amir Smith-Marset, and Dayday Westbrook as the last three wide receivers in this offense. Early on in the season, you're going to want to be looking at K.J. Osborne in DFS. Probably not in your fantasy, fantasy lineups each week, but definitely in DFS. Amir Smith-Marset is a guy you have to have on your rosters. He's going to break out you know, as the season goes on. It's going to be a later, late, later half of the season. Mike Zimmer's not a fan of starting these wide receivers as rookies. He just isn't. And that's why you saw Justin Jefferson didn't do a lot week one, week two last year, and then he breaks out week three against Tennessee. It takes a little bit of time, and that's without a camp. Smith-Marset got a camp, but Zimmer said, I want to see this guy on special teams a little bit more. You kind of got to dig deep into some of these situations. It it might seem obvious that Smith-Marset should be the number three, but he's not going to be the number three week one. It's just not going to happen, but eventually it will happen. Another wrench that was thrown in here was they added Day-Day Westbrook a few weeks ago. And normally when you see these late camp, they're just kind of ugly additions, like a Dede Westbrook. They don't make the team. Dede Westbrook made the team. So he's the number five receiver right now, but we all know what Dede could do. Dede can move up very fast, and he could be the number three in this offense. But I'm putting all my money on Amir Smith-Barr's set long term. Now, how could I come back season two, episode one, and not talk about the starting slot receiver in Philadelphia? Did you really think I was going to make it all the way through an episode, 20, 30 minutes, and not talk about my main man that I've been touting February of 2020? I've been getting all the heat, all the kickback on social media. You know, this guy sucks. He's not going to break out. He's nothing. He ain't He ain't good. He went to a small school. He's not, you know, he's fast. That's all he is is fast. He can't play. John Hightower's the guy. Travis Fulgham's the guy. I got news for you guys. Travis Fulgham didn't make the team. John Hightower didn't make the team. Quez Watkins dominated camp, dominated the preseason, and he's opening up as the starting speed slot in Philadelphia. Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, 4.35, 97th percentile, 40-yard dash, best comparable to Day-Day Westbrook on playerprofiler.com. My personal close comparable going through rookie breakdowns last spring, Will Fuller. If Will Fuller played with Jalen Hurts, I think you guys would be happy. Think about it like this. Will Fuller is with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a pretty similar quarterback to how Jalen Hurts plays. Jalen Hurts just got himself a Will Fuller, a cheaper Will Fuller. I'm not saying he's going to be better, 
but I'm telling you to be ready. And if you've been following along, you already have him. If you haven't, please go add Quez Watkins in your deeper leagues. Thank me later. Jalen Rager, Devonta Smith in this offense, and then, of course, they keep the back end. Greg Ward, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside at tight end. Zach Ertz is still healthy. He wants to be in this offense. He apologized to the front office. Zach Ertz is the number two with Dallas Goddard. And then they stashed Tyree Jackson. This is a deep one here. The one-time quarterback from Buffalo University, Tyree Jackson, made the team, but he's on the injured reserve. It's, it's yet to be seen, you know, if he comes out the injured reserve in eight weeks, if he, if he makes the, the active roster, if they cut him, I think they're waiting to see what Jack Stoll is. That's their number three right now. But we'll see. We'll end it on this. Going to tight end a little bit. Wide receiver slash tight end. Go down to New Orleans. We got Marquez Callaway. We got Deontay Harris. We got Traquan Smith. All very underwhelming outside of Callaway. Obviously, Michael Thomas is going to be out for probably eight to ten weeks. Elvin Kamara is the guy. Winston looked very good. His connections with Callaway looked phenomenal in the preseason. But past that, it's Traquan Smith, a player profiler favorite. Deontay Harris, I think he's going through a DUI situation. He's going to miss the first couple weeks. Adam Troutman had a leg injury. They said it was not serious, but it's still an injury. It's still on there. It still happened within the last couple weeks. And then Elvin Kamara, of course, is going to get his 100 targets, his 81 targets, whatever it may be. The next guy you need to add. You need to add this guy. Stop the podcast and go add Juwan Johnson to all of your dynasty rosters right now. Juwan Johnson. If you don't already have him, go add him right now. We just switched him over to tight end. He was a prior wide receiver, Penn State, Oregon, 6'4", 230. He looked great in camp. 4.58, 92nd percentile 40-yard dash. 104, 78th percentile speed score. 81st percentile agility score. Very telling in tight ends. 78th percentile catch radius. Best comparable to Jacob Hollister. Last season as a wide receiver, he had four receptions for 39 yards, 10 targets. That was his rookie year as an undrafted free agent. He made the transition to tight end this offseason, and he will be this year's version of Darren Waller, Logan Thomas, Juwan Johnson.